0: Hello, this is Pastor Deborah again, and we're picking up where we left off in the last words of encouragement for you, little one, in this YouTube channel called For Children of All Ages. We had been working in the words of encouragement number five, which was entitled, What are the Words? of deliverance mean to you. We had gone over the definitions through the Webster's Dictionary. We had given prayer to help us all understand this word deliverance. It's a powerful word that you have to learn about so you can see what it means to you. That was just in part one, and we had been working through the scriptures, the authorized King James Bible that was helping us. And I want to pick up in this lesson, this word of encouragement, number 5.2 or part two. And we'll be finished with this word and on to the next But let's start, as always, giving a thank you to Pixabay for this wonderful motion video. And now let's give a prayer again. Is anybody here? Oh, you want to do a prayer? You haven't given prayer before, have you? You haven't? Well, wonderful. It is always important that everyone learn how to pray. For other people, for God to touch our lives. Mm-hmm. Pastor Deborah had to learn that. She had to teach it to many children. Usually little ones are kind of not real sure if how to do it. Even speaking out loud over someone's life is difficult at first, but it's good that adults always Give little ones of any age practice. So you go right ahead, little one. I'll bow my head. When you're finished, I'll close us out, okay? You go right ahead. Wonderful Father, you heard the words of this little one, and so did everybody else. We ask you to fulfill them so that their words come true, Mm -hmm. and that they set captives free and bring deliverance to their spirit, the mighty city called Zion, their spirit, soul, and physical body, and that you will help them. And you will set them free. Father, use your Holy Spirit, our spiritual teacher. Use his anointing upon your words. So that the spirit can receive these words of life that you have that are ever flowing from you. In the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. Okay, let's see where we left off and where we got to pick up from. The scriptures that we were using was Psalms 18, 1 through 6. And then we were going to go into the same scriptures, Psalms 18, 17 through 19. This was a book, a song, a prayer, a petition that King David of Israel wrote many, many years ago to his Lord and his God and who who was the God of the nation of Israel. Israel means the word prince. God looks at you, little ones, that your spirit is his nation. Mm -hmm. It's his city on a high hill. It's his Zion, his private place where he and you worship. He also looks at your spirit, soul, and physical body as a complete nation, a land. But he's really very interested in your spirit. He looks at that as a land that's in wilderness, dry places does not have his words of water and life flowing freely in it. And he hasn't been able to plant his garden of trees, flowers, and beauty for you to eat its fruit of. That's what he thinks of your spirit, you, little one. That's right. We had been working our way through Psalms 18 One through six. We had gone through verse one, verse two, verse three. And we had learned that King David said of this Lord, this God of Israel, that that was his strength. It was his horn of his salvation, the very instrument that was used to save him from the depths of death, spiritual separation from him. And King David was saying, In you, not in anybody else, not in anything else, but in you, O Lord my God, will I put my trust? For you are my deliverer, is what he was talking about. This God back here, this mighty one, was King David's deliverer spiritually. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, that he would call on him, pray to him, think on him, and petition him all the days of his life. And when his heart became sorrowful, fearful, grieving, feeling lack of hope, maybe angry, he would call on this God of his salvation, his deliverer from all that was evil and wicked, trying to hurt him, held him in captivity in prisons and held him in spiritual death, separation from this loving, loving heavenly father. King David went on and said that there were chains on his spirit, his emotions, his mind of sorrow and grief, and he was attached to it. Usually, That's in your soul, where all those feelings are. And your spirit is attached to it. It's one with it. It's married to it. And King David was saying, help me, Lord, deliver me from that bondage, that captivity, that ignorance. I need you. And only in you can this be done. And he goes on, when I get distressed. Fearful, Frightened. I call on you. And that's kind of where we finished up in part one. So let's pick up. We're continuing in verse six. And this is part two. And if you remember, we had introduced you to a special teddy bear. You remember his name? Oh. Okay, that's right. Let me get him for you. There he is. Can you see him? He's little, Teddy. Look at his little feet. Oh, he's so cute. This is how God sees our spirit as a little one. Carrying a little blanket, got little booties on, sweet, kind and innocent, like a little baby lamb. And this is how he sees us in our spirit. David says, when I'm like this, I'm going to call out, I need help. I'm too little. I don't have any strength to fight the bad guys. I don't have any strength to fight off evil things that are happening to me. So this is little Teddy, and he's helping us to see and to learn about you. So King David goes on and said, but I'm also like a little baby lamb that I bought years ago. It shows a little lamb. See him right here? Laying here. And this is a wolf. But he's covered up over top of it with a sheep's clothing. And the little lamb is so unsuspecting, he doesn't know. And I believe I told you the story of a mama who, had come, who was in a grocery store and walked up to her little about 18-month-old child who was sucking on a bottle and said to him, oh, you're so rotten. That's a wolf in sheep's clothing. That's a mama smile, a mama body. But the words were a ravening, devouring wolf. Mm -hmm. And so God sees all little ones, all, no matter what your biological age is, In your spirit, you are a little one, a lamb. And there are bad, bad, evil, wicked people, things, words, circumstances, leaders, governments, nations, policies, words, whoops, college professors, parents, bad guys, even nightmares and dreams. They might come to you as a sheep in a pretty picture package. But inside, underneath, they are wolves ready to devour you, capture you, hurt you. And God says, I'm here for you, King David. So David had to learn. (laughs) He needed a big guy to help him. And I showed you in part one what some of those guys may have looked like. Let me get them. Oh, my. Gosh, the Roman soldier. God will send his words, his angels, power out of his self to help you, little one. Says, in order to deliver you, I've got to destroy with a sword of the spirit my words. Mm-hmm. Pastor Deborah heard that mama say those words. You're right, See, that little baby, I went in as a soldier with a sword, and I destroyed those words, broke them into pieces. In the name of Christ Jesus, I canceled the curse on that child's life. I spoke words of joy and peace and strength. I was doing battle spiritually for that little baby who could not. Fight back, didn't even know what rotten meant, but it was coming through his mother with a smile on. Oh, the enemy comes through people we know with pretty smiles, with words that are deceptive and hurtful. Also, God will use something else. He will take a stand like this Roman soldier. Can you see him? God has used Rome in many, many ways. It was the time, the fullness of time, when the king came back to the earth. But God used the Roman soldiers because this young man named Paul was around them. They were tough, well-disciplined. They had shields. He said, whoops, see his shield? They had swords and helmets. He actually used Paul, actually used this uniform of a roman soldier to describe our protection of the lord that will be in another teaching called the full armor of god but right now we're just talking about deliverance so let's pick up here in verse number 6 king david said when i'm in distress i'm going to call out to you and king david says and you heard me you heard My silent cries, he says. You saw my little tear, my little moan and groan. You heard my thoughts of fear, my loneliness, my sadness, my torment, my hopelessness. You heard me. It's always a who. Some people call out to human beings who cannot help them. Maybe to their government officials, their politicians. Can't help them. They look to sports, to entertainment, to drugs, alcohol for help, money, sex. None of that is a who. It is not the God of King David. The God of the Bible. The God of the city of Jerusalem. King David goes on and says, When I cried to you, thought, put my mind on you, called out to help you in your royal temple up in the kingdom of heaven, way on up there in your throne room, my cry came unto you as you sat on the throne. It could come up as smoke from the altar. It could come through an angel. Bringing a message to come through the Holy Spirit. Even your defender, Christ Jesus himself, will come before the king. Say, I have a petition, a cry, a call for help from one of your little ones. Your majesty, your king, they need you. They need your strong arm. They need you to send out through your horn a victory. The call to help them. He says that my call, my cry, King David says, came before you, O majesty, the great king of the kingdom of heaven on high. And your ears heard my cry yourself. King David knew if he cried out to this God, this horn of his salvation, this king and lord That he found as a small child, as a shepherd out with his father's flocks. He knew this God would hear his small, silent cry from his heart. Psalms 18, 17 through 19, verse 17. He, King David, says, My God, my Lord, he delivered me spiritually, in my spirit, from my strong spiritual enemies. This was a spiritual battle. This God fights, but he can fight in will, in your soul, and in the natural world. But his concentration, his efforts are against your spirit spiritual enemies who have taken you captive, made you a prisoner, and you are not free, and you need deliverance. Your thoughts are bound. You're tied up in fear. You're tormented and vexed. Enemies are all around you, and you can't fight back. I want to tell you a story what that looks like. Years ago, I was on a church's Prayer team and their deliverance team or personal ministry team. And when somebody was in praise and worship and really having difficulties, and people were having problems concentrating on worshiping and praising, they would bring that person out. So, this one night, they brought a young girl out in a wheelchair. She had been flailing her arms. During praise and worship. When I got there, the usher said they think she had a medical disease called Tourette's syndrome. They also called it tics, and she was always agitated and moving. But when the songs of praise and worship came, she got worse. So they took her to the women's bathroom, and the usher put her in a little sofa, laid her out. And when I got there, her mama was sitting there looking in her eyes praying her mother was German and the little girl was neither one of them spoke English so I looked into the eyes of the little girl and God pulled back the veil of the flesh and he showed me what was happening in the realm of the spirit to her spirit as I gazed in her eyes God was showing me her precious little spirit a little child running, running, and what was behind it, a baboon-looking creature that looked sort of like a dinosaur, an alligator, a baboon, an ape, a horrible clawed creature. The little girl was running. While she was running, her body laid still on the sofa. But as soon as that creature caught it, It started biting her, tearing at her, trying to eat it, sexually abuse it, rip it apart. And when that occurred, her arms started flailing. I saw the connection. And God said to me, this is what is going on. And this is what will happen to all little ones, all of humanity. If you do not reach them with my love and bring deliverance to them, this is the truth. And this is what is going on to her spirit. Broke my heart, but I prayed peace. I bound that thing up and it stopped. I had to learn. I had to be shown beyond the flesh. What was causing the flesh to be agitated? It was a spiritual experience that was going on. So King David had learned that. And so here I am. And King David is calling out to his God. Help me. I'm being chased, tormented, vexed, torn at, clawed at, bitten. Their teeth are like fangs of dinosaurs. They're biting at me, gaping at me, eating me, tearing me, ripping me and I can't get away, and I need your deliverance. Fear has come, fires of torment and vexation. I'm in blackness and darkness, maybe in a box, something like a coffin. It's completely black. I'm being tortured, and I don't know why. I haven't done anything to them. So David would call out for help, and he knew if he called for help, this mighty king would hear his calls in his throne room. So God is saying in Psalms, which was also written by King David 18, 17 through 19. I need help to be delivered from my strong spiritual enemies. And from my own thoughts. And from them, which hate me for they These enemies that hate me spiritually and in the natural. They are too strong for me. They are a wolf in sheep clothing. They are words of hate. They are politicians and leaders, governments, parents who neglect me and abuse me, sell me for money. They are men who misuse my body for their pleasures. They are religious leaders who sanction everything that happens to me. They are sports people that abuse me and turn a blind eye. They are businessmen that use me as products for selling, making money off and throw me away into the garbage dumps. They are people who make money off of me. A little one in the womb That nobody sees and nobody cares about except the God of King David and Pastor Deborah. There are others that care about the little ones in the womb. They are trying in the ways of the world to stop abortion. But they're fighting the battle in the wrong place against the wrong enemies. Verse 18. They, my spiritual enemies. And the enemies of my soul and physical body, they spiritually have prevented me, King David is saying, that in the time of my fear and calamity, maybe that little girl was trying to run to God, get away and be safe. And that thing in the realm of the spirit was preventing her from escaping Some people try to escape through drugs, alcohol, sports, entertainment. Some people try to escape through food. They're trying to find peace within their system, within this nation, within their cells. He said, in the time of my fear and calamity, my torment and vexation, but The Lord, King David says, you were my deliverer. You were my stay, my strength, my tower, my refuge, my guard. When I was called to that little girl from Germany, I came as a soldier disciplined and trained to see in the realm of the spirit and I brought down the word of God upon that creature and I prayed deliverance for that little girl peace, healing freedom and I prayed for her and against and I fought with the word of God according to Matthew 18 and 18 I bound that creature up now, what right did that creature have to come against that little girl? Could it have been family ties? Sure. Could it have been curses? Yes. Could it have been ancestors? Yes. Could it have been that they were from Germany and it was as if the SS was coming against her? Yes. Could it be the new world order that's trying to come against her? Yes. Could it be that she's just loved by this God of King David? Yes. So King David is saying, I called on you, for you are my strength. You're my tower, my fighter, my soldier, my guard, my defender. Verse 19. He, this God of King David, brought me, little me, little fearful me, Feeling hopeless and in distress and running, crawled up in a ball of fear, maybe in a trance, beaten and shamed, maybe raped. My mind has nowhere to go except in a pit, darkness, hopelessness. He says, but you reach down. Through your mighty power and words. You sent Pastor Deborah, You sent your word. You sent the host of heaven. And you brought me out of that place. That pit. You stopped the enemy from attacking. And you placed me. My thoughts. My spirit. In a land of freedom. A land where there is peace. You brought me forth out of prison and captivity if you go back to the old testament and you look at the israelites god brought them out of captivity and slavery of egypt mm-hmm. and he wanted to become their mighty king and he tried but they had a lot of issues he says but you you brought me forth you are my deliverer. You are my strength. You love me. And therefore, you fight for me. And so now let's go to Psalms 31.8. This is King David still speaking to us. Verse 1. This is 1 through 8. Excuse me. Verse 1. In you, O Lord. Remember, it's a who, it's not a what, it's not government, it's not guns, it's not your words, it's not the new world government, it's not climate change that will save you or the earth. It is in a who, the God of Israel, the God of King David, this God. He is saying, in you, O Lord, do I, little fearful me, put my trust, my hope. Let me never be ashamed of you. Never. Don't confuse me by if I call to you and I believe you're coming and you don't. A lot of people have that because he doesn't provide earthly food, doesn't stop the attacks the human trafficking that's in the world of the flesh, Satan's kingdom. He's working deep in the spirit to give you hope in those times. Maybe he'll help you disassociate, take you out of your body. That even if bad things are happening to your physical body and your soul, he's got your spirit safe in his hands. And he will do the battle for you. He says, you, don't let me be ashamed of you and my hope in you and me trusting you. A lot of people get mad at God. I prayed for God to heal my mama so she wouldn't die. And he didn't. Therefore, I'm not going to believe in him. Maybe mama wanted to go. Maybe there were legal rights for her to be taken. Death is here. Death has rights. Death will take us all. So people turn when they pray and God doesn't do what they want. Oh, if that mama believed in him, she is quite alive. She didn't die. She's back with her father. The Lord, the God of King David. King David says, don't let me be confused by you. Deliver me in your righteousness, your right ways, by your legal paths. By your laws of justice and judgment. Don't break your ways. Your rules. To help me. Do it legally. So when the adversary of God. Comes into the courtroom of the universe. To challenge this God. And what he does. It's all done by the book. All done by law. Legal. Signed and sealed. By blood. He says. Help me, deliver me because of your agape love for me. The the peace and the joy you want to give me from my spiritual enemies. But do it the right way. Mm -hmm. Verse 2. Bow down, listen, incline your ear. Oh, Lord God, your mighty one. Deliver me, he says. Free me. Bring me speedily, hurriedly, help, help. Be you, oh my God, oh my Lord. Be my strong rock, my protection, my high tower. Place me high above the roaring waves as a lighthouse, as the mighty tall cliffs. Standing majestically above the turmoil of the sea. Place me above death. Fear, rejection, abandonment, pain, sorrow, grief, hopelessness. Build me a house, a mansion, a castle, a fort of defense to save me. Build in my spirit thoughts, concepts. Ideas, beliefs, a strong tower that I can run into and believe on, and that you are there in your word, in your power to protect me. Verse three For you are my rock, David says, and my fortress, your words, your strength. Place your guards there and concepts. Stand through your word for me. For I am a little one and I cannot protect myself. He says, you are my glory. I'm going to look to you, he says, so that your name is glorified in me, through me in the realm of the spirit, and on planet Earth. Use agape love. I'll tell you another story. Years ago, I read a book about a lady who had been horribly abused by her mother. She ended up as an adult seeking psychiatric help. Good thing. And she went to many psychiatrists, and her insurance paid. But it would run out, and she would be dropped by those psychiatrists. But one time she got with a man and he started helping her in therapy and then her insurance ran out and she was expecting him to say, can't see you anymore. But he didn't. He said to himself and to her, you are a human being that needs help. I love you as a human being and I don't care If I never get paid by you again, you come, you call me, I am here for you. He built an atmosphere of agape love, love your neighbor, and he worked with her, so she would felt at peace. She would go home, and in her dreams and at night, God was delivering her of her mess, her fractured souls, her multiplicity of persons, her trauma. And I asked God, I don't understand this. That psychiatrist never said a scripture verse, never prayed with her, never talked to her about God. She never prayed. She never talked. He said, no, they didn't. But the psychiatrist offered me, love your neighbor, agape love. He created an atmosphere of love. From one person to another. And he said in that atmosphere of agape love for another person, I can and will work. I know the desires of her heart. And I saw the genuine love of another human being, not out to get her money, but trying to help her no matter what. He says, I can work in that atmosphere when love is there. Not greed, not just seeing her for the insurance, not just seeing her as a client, but as a human being. He said, I can work, and I will work, and I will heal her. She's asked for it from the therapist. Her heart wants healing from the trauma. I know what she needs, and the atmosphere is there. So therefore, I will work in that realm of the spirit, the realm where I live, and her enemies of evil and wickedness in that realm will be destroyed. And she will receive my healing and deliverance, not in the therapy session, but at home while she sleeps. I learned a powerful lesson. It is your heart towards another and how you choose to help them, whether God works or does not work. And if you're truly seeking help, even from a therapist in the world and wanting to be healed, God can work, but he needs somebody else. And that was this therapist. So I learned God works in the realm of a God beloved. Genuine love for another, and he will get his glory for himself in the realm of the spirit. So King David is saying, do all of this for me for your glory's sake, your name's sake, your reputation, your praise. Lead me into freedom and deliver me speedily. Sometimes you have to be led into freedom. When you run trying to escape, you're trying to get there. You don't know where it is. He says, lead me there. It could be through teaching. It could be through the pressure of being a captive in pain that leads you. And guide me, he says, on the path to you and your freedom through this wilderness of captivity. You watch a lot of movies and stuff. We have to go on boats and trains and cars and walking. A lot of movies take us through horrible, fearful places, trying to get somewhere. He says, teach me how to walk. Show me where to go. So King David is saying, I know you have something. I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to find it. Lead me, teach me, guide me. Do you do that as a little one? King David could even as a grown big one. Verse 4. Oh, my God, my Lord, King David is saying, pull me out of the net of my dark soul. It's an enemy to me out of its thoughts and concepts and ideas. It is a dark Lord over me. Pull me out of it. Give me a Hebrews 4.12. Free me spiritually of my soul. Help me to be free and above it. The king, the ruler of this land and nation of spirit, soul, and physical body. Free me of the hands of my spiritual enemies. David didn't know a lot about that. He had physical people coming after him. He had an ex-leader trying to kill him. Even when he was the leader, King Saul, he had to flee and hide. He had his own family members coming after him. He had his military trying to take him down. David had all kinds of enemies because they were really the enemies of King David's God, when you're in leadership, there are people who are jealous of you. They disagree with how you're running the nation. Inside of you, your soul will disagree with this God and his words. And he'll say, that's foolishness. We're not going to do that. Oh, I don't care if he believes in all life and the life of a baby in the womb is Righteous and good, I'm going to vote for this politician because I like him. And the woman has rights. Well, what about the little baby? Nobody's. There's a few all around the world, not many, but there's a lot that care and try to speak up for the baby in the womb. So King David is saying here in verse four, pull me out of that net that they've thrown out of me, over me. Put me in the grave, a tank, a darkness, a closet. Put me in a prison cell, slammed the door, locked it. Got me in chains, living in fear of death. Help me, Lord. You're saying their spiritual hands of my spiritual enemies have got me held down. They're hurting me and vexing me. Help me. They've put spells of concealment, bewitchment on my spirit and my soul. I don't know what truth is. I don't know what light is. I don't know who to believe, who to trust, who I can count on. King David was saying, my mind of my soul is blind to truth, to your truth, to your truth. I don't know what's real, the soul was saying. The spirit is also blind, lives in darkness like a creature of the night. Uh So King David is saying, I'm blind in my mind and my soul. And Satan, my spiritual adversary, has done this through people, through words, through education, through music. Uh The little one is in a place evil and wickedness spiritually also. And it needs a mighty help. It needs a well-trained soldier. That's what the angels of God are. They're called the host, the army of heaven. And if a believer like Pastor Deborah gets trained as a soldier, military, special ops, we can go places most believers won't go, can't go, or are afraid to go. A lot of them don't even believe there are spiritual adversaries working through people, in people. They don't believe it. They think most of God's stuff is foolishness. They don't even believe God talks. I've had some pastors tell me God doesn't speak. It just whatever happens, that's what he wanted to happen. And if he speaks to you and you believe you hear him, you're mentally ill and you're hearing voices. These pastors, and these religious leaders are horrible. Some of the religious leaders, they believe it's okay for a 55-year-old man to buy an 8-year-old, 9-year-old child. Make her, his bride, have sex from behind until they get old enough to have it in the front. And that's okay. Some religious leaders say it's okay to beat your wife and to have many wives and to beat your kids and sell them if you want to and abuse them, do whatever you want to do. Some religious leaders are horrible, wicked, evil people. They don't serve the God of King David. They serve another God. His name is Satan, the adversary of God. You might think of him as Sauron, the Lord, the dark Lord who will serve no one and brings nothing but fire and death and misery and oppression to all. So King David is going on and telling us, this is my condition, sir. (laughs) I'm in a mess. I'm in the fear of death all the time. There's perverse and wicked people and words and deeds all around me. They're done to me. My enemies are trying to kill me, eat me, strip me of everything that's good and righteous and take away all my hope and my fighting spirit for freedom and deliverance. King David goes on and say, my spiritual enemies, they've laid traps and snares and nets and pits secretively for me. I don't know that. I'm just living my life and boom, I fall in a pit. I get a net thrown over me. I get attacked spiritually and thrown in a jail. I never saw it coming, didn't believe it could happen. Not me, not in my backyard. Oh, Lord, my God, he says. You are my strength, and I need you every day to help me. Verse 5. Into your hand, King David says, I am going to commit my spirit. I'm going to put myself, my real me, my eternal me, my forever person, into your hands. I'm going to trust you with it. Trust you with me. I'm going to have hope in you that you will deliver me. You love me, you say. Please help me and set me free from all of this. Redeem me. Get me back to you. Out of the very hands of my enemy, out of death, separation from you, help me to come back alive and be free of these enemies. Help me to come back into your presence. I don't know how to get there. I don't know the way, he says. You'll have to lead me and guide me. But I'm asking you to help me. Can you do that with the God of King David, the God of Israel? Can you do that? Let's continue with verse 5. Oh, Lord, my God of eternal truth, everlasting light never goes out. It's always burning like the sun, even though the earth turns, you know, and sometimes we get in the dark side. The sun has not stopped shining, just we're turning the earth. But he says, you are the God of everlasting, eternal light. You are revelation. You are my deliverance, my freedom, my salvation and redemption. Verse 6, I have hated them that regard, that speak, that use lying words and acts and deeds and laws. These are unfruitful work. I have hated it. I don't like it. They're not in your truth and light. But I will trust and have hope in you, believe in you. The Lord, oh my God, so many people, their words, they are not right. They are words of evil and captivity, death, control and oppression. God gave you a free will, the power to choose. He gave it to all creatures, even though you have a lot of instinct to be safe. You have the freedom to choose. This is how we would teach it in mental health counseling. It's called the fight or flight syndrome. When your eyes or your ears or you think you see a danger will use something's going to explode, a bad person is coming. You have a choice and you make it in your thoughts. I either have to run away to be safe. Or I have to turn and fight to be safe. Both of those actions require your biological body to have adrenaline and sugar operating in the muscles. All your hormones, when you make the decision in a nanosecond, free will, you decide what you're going to do. Running needs, you need strength. Fighting, you need strength. A danger, a threat to your life or others has come. Biologically, things happen. Your stomach shuts down digestion. Hormones, cortisol, adrenaline, dopamine, sugars are all being released to your muscles to do something. One way or the other. And so David is saying to us, I need your strength. To make that decision. He gave it to all of us. Some people just fall down. Too afraid to fight or run. Other people run. Other people fight. Pastor Deborah grew up in a military family. Fighters. Soldiers. We run. As you would know the first responders. They run to help. They run into the fight. Because they're trained. They're disciplined, they're knowledgeable, they're not fearful. And if they do die, they've already made that commitment. I will go and fight for others so they can be safe. So King David is saying, I freely choose you as my deliverer. I choose you to do my battles for me, but teach me and guide me so that I can get strong. And fight when Pastor Deborah bound up that creature that was attacking that little girl. I had learned, I had been taught and guided how to do spiritual warfare against the enemies of human spirits. Mm-hmm. A lot to learn. Verse seven I will be glad, he says, and rejoice in your mercy, your help to me. Your forgiveness, your love for you have considered my trouble. You've heard me. You have known my spirit and soul in adversity. He knows where you are. He knows your enemies. All you have to do is call out any way you can. Maybe you just look up. Maybe you just have a thought, help. Some people cry out, help God. They don't know who they're calling to. Other people say the God of David, King David, the God of the Bible. They don't even know him. But they turn to him for help. Verse 8. And you have not shut me up. You have not given me over to be imprisoned. You didn't do that. I can't blame you for this. You didn't imprison me with the enemy. That I am held in bondage and captivity. You didn't do this. I was taken by a prideful, evil, wicked creature named Satan, who was Lucifer. He sinned and he fell out of your presence. And he bewitched the first man named Adam to get him out of your presence. And in that first man were all the seeds of all of humanity. We were all born into captivity. Born separated from you, King David says. You didn't separate us. Another did. But you have set your deliverance, your words, towards me you have freed me by your words by your love you have placed my feet in a large place a large room a land of light glory and righteousness you have put me back in your family in the kingdom of heaven you have given me truth and understanding peace knowledge, revelations, wisdom, and strength. And you become honored and glorified for who you are. And I will glory and give you honor as my Lord, my Savior and deliverer, my freedom fighter. And I will say thank you. Oh, dear little one, no matter your age, we all need him, the Lord of King David, as our deliverer. We all need him to stand up and send his host of heaven, his mighty word of God, his angels, others like Pastor Deborah to help us. We have been attacked. Wolves in sheep clothing have come to devour us, trick us, bewitch us, eat us, tear into us. And we can't fight back. And we don't even know what's doing it. We don't know what causes our lack of peace, our lack of hope. We don't know why our bodies are crave sugar and salt and sex why there's no peace in our body we have no understanding of our soul and that it is a mighty dark lord a ruler will name him sauron that he is not going to serve and bow to anything but it was always to be a helpmate to the spirit and it will not allow the spirit to rise up and be king So there has to be a deliverance of your spirit from the dark Lord Sauron of your soul. That's what Hebrews 4.12 does. And that begins your freedom to walk and be taught by and guided by and led by the Lord and God of King David. If you would like that freedom from the dark Lord of your soul. And want a Hebrews 4.12. You just ask him right now. Then if you want your spirit to be freed. Protected. Fought for. And him to be your strong tower and guard, Just ask him. Then he will teach you and guide you. In his ways. And you'll come up and be like Pastor Deborah. A soldier. Special operations officer. You'll be able to go into the darkness yourself and rescue the little ones. So let's pray before we end. Dear Father, we bring all the little ones to you. We ask you, they need you so much. Spiritually, help them to be free. Help them, Father, they don't know how to do it. They are but little lambs and little children. They need your mighty arm and your strength and your knowledge. King David found that out. Father, help these little ones to be free and to run to you any way they can. Give them a Hebrews 4.12 and free them from that dark Lord Sauron of their soul. And from the chains and the bonds of their physical body, help them to rise up as mighty kings and soldiers and warriors, that they can help others. Father, send forth your rays and your words into their life. Be their deliverer, their mighty one, their high tower. Help them, Father. Hear their cries now to you, their looks, their silent tears. Even in their trances, even while they're running, screaming for help. Father, reach down. This is your work. Fulfill Isaiah 61 and 62 in their lives. Free the little ones so they can just be little ones and grow in you. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. All right, we'll see you in the next children's words of encouragement from the YouTube channel for children of all ages. I think it will be lesson number six. Mm -hmm. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. This is Pastor Deborah. Bye-bye.